rolling, Jerome. And action. That was kind of dope, though. No lie. What is up, you guys? So, a little bit of change of pace. Unfortunately, Jalen couldn't make it today. He's had what sounds like a hell of a day in the field. He called me like, I don't know, 30 minutes ago, and he was just leaving location. So, um, 8 o'clock in the evening, and he's just barely leaving the location. So, he's got a... <clears throat> he's got a long rest of the night ahead of him. So I'm running solo today. I promised myself, I promised Jalen, I promised the podcast, whatever. We're going to get one out every week. So whether or not Jalen can be here, whether or not I can be here, one of us is going to get a podcast out once a week. So, so yeah, that's the goal. That's what we're going to stick to. It's super hard. Like, I mean, we took a three-week hiatus from... And that was just an accident, you know? It's not like we intended to be away for three weeks, but just life. Just life. I've been busy. He's been busy. It's just life. So, you know, if it comes down to we got to record three three episodes one week because we know that the next three weeks are going to be long and wild and busy, then that's what we got to do and just release them every week. So, uh, yeah, that's our goal from now on. Once a week. All of July, we posted one once a week in July, so it's doable. It's just, man, life gets in the way, you know? Life gets, and life's the priority, you know? So it's hard to, it's really hard to, to do this and, and make it a priority because we have, Jen and I both have families. We got families, we got jobs, we got a lot of shit to do, and this is just, it's a hobby for now, but eventually it it's going to be our main source of income. Knock on wood. Anyways, uh, yeah, welcome back. This is episode 11 of the Somewhere in America podcast. Real quick, before we get started, I know I kind of already explained a little bit, but before we get started, I'd like to remind you guys to leave us a review on Apple Podcast because that gets our name out there a lot more than you would think. Um, we've already had some good reviews. We have 16 ratings so rate us give us give us the stars you know uh you don't even have to necessarily leave a review just give us a rating that gets us that gets our name out there also if you can share us with your friends uh we had somebody who their first ever podcast that they ever listened to this morning was ours so we're very honored to be a part of your podcast experience and believe me when i say there's much better podcasts out there not to downplay us because we're entertaining in our own right. But, yes, thank you very much for shouting us out on Instagram. And, uh, yeah, I guess let's get started. So the first thing I want to talk about is my drink. My wife bought me a bar cart. I made a bar cart a while ago with, with some copper tubing and, like, some walnut wood. And it was really pretty. It had rollers on the bottom. But it was just, like, 
kind of thrown together. The top shelf slides up and down and, and it's not supposed to. So that kind of sucks. So it kind of got to the point where it was like, plus we have a baby. So she was always getting in the bar and touching glasses and breaking stuff. So that's just not good. Anyways, now my wife surprised me with a cool dark wood bar cart and the person that she bought it from gave her alcohol too. So that's a plus had rum and some scotch and, uh, some amaretto liquor, which is delicious. Anyways, last year for my birthday, my wife got me a book of cocktails called Storage Sips. So tonight I made a cocktail of my own. And uh, yeah, I'm going to read it to you. It's called the Mammy Taylor. The ingredients are half ounce of lime juice, two ounces of blended scotch, four to six ounces of ginger beer in a highball glass with a lime wedge garnish. All right, here we go, Mammy Taylor. Here's the here's the story about it. In 1899, ladies' day dresses were high-collared, corseted affairs with long, full skirts. Not the best sailing attire, especially for a famed singer with a penchant for drama. Perhaps Mamie Taylor, the prima donna of an opera company performing in Rochester, New York, had overdressed for the occasion. In any case, she returned from a sailing from a sailing outing on Lake Ontario one hot summer day and collapsed on a hotel lawn chair, requesting a popular refresher at the time, claret lemonade, red wine mixed with lemonade. Lacking those ingredients, the barman whipped up what looked to be a tall glass of champagne on ice, but what crossed Taylor's lips was far more intriguing. Subtly smoky, citrusy, and gingery, the cocktail was like nothing Taylor had tried before. After allowing her entourage to sample the mystery concoction, they declared it utterly refreshing. Taylor summoned the barman to ask what the drink was called. A Mamie Taylor, he replied without hesitation. The combination of scotch, ginger beer, and lime juice quickly caught on. In 1902, the Syracuse Post Standard recounted the story, noting that the cocktail seemed to meet with instantaneous favor and has become famous all over the country. The notoriety of the Mamie Taylor cocktail seems to have boosted the singer's career. Before long, she was performing in Manhattan on Broadway's biggest stages. So yeah, that's the Mamie Taylor. And let me just say, it's delicious. If you're a scotch guy, if you're a ginger beer guy, it's perfect. The uh, the lime takes away any harsh tastes. The ginger beer is pretty spicy, which is good. Um, this ginger beer specifically is not made for drinking straight. It's made for mixing with cocktails. So uh, very good. Shout out to my wife for that also. And the scotch is just a simple single blended or single malt blended scotch. Nothing crazy. So, uh, yeah. Cheers. Okay. So, we went over my drink. We went over why I'm running solo today. And uh, I can 100% relate to why Jalen could not be here today. Monday, I think I had the longest work day of my entire life. I leave my house at 7, start getting paid at 7. So, let's say I clock in at 7. Drive to Redoso. Redoso, meet a guy, get the job. I get, you know, get there at 8.30. Get the job set up, load the truck up, hard hats, safety vests, 
seal toes, all the good stuff, all the good stuff. We're going to be supposed to have been working on a bridge, which I thought was in Redoso, or, I'm sorry, Alamogordo, but it was not. So I get there and he says, oh yeah, this bridge is uh, south of El Paso. So El Paso is about two and a half hours from Redoso. So I was like, oh, okay, you know, a couple hour drive, two hour drive, nothing crazy. So we plug in the destination, the address, and it turns out to be four hours away. So we leave about nine o'clock, get there about one thirty. by the time we stopped and we stopped a couple of times in El Paso, we weren't really in any rush. So stopped a couple of times, uh, it wants an almond order to get, to get fuel and <clears throat> excuse me, to get fuel and, and some drinks and stuff. So Stopped in, in uh, El Gordo, get through El Paso, get down to the job site. It's about 1.30, hotter than heck because it's the middle of the summer in West Texas. And uh, they're like, all right, you guys get started. So we set our control. We set up the robotic, shoot our control. Um, then we start shooting laser uh, on the rails. So we got the layer, uh, the rails tied down. Sorry, man. I only had one drink of this Mammy Taylor, and I am slurring already. I don't know what the deal is. Anyways, yeah, so shoot the rails and get everything set up. And by this time, it's about I don't know, probably like 2.30 or 3 by the time we get everything shot in that we need to, to construct this bridge. So we'll go there, and we survey stuff, and... Uh, mostly just noting what the existing elevation is. So we know what the existing elevation of the bridge is, and then we have to match that after they cut the bridge down and put up the new one. So there's a bunch of measurements that in the plans that we have to abide by. So the main, the main thing that we're there for is after they take the bridge down, they have new beams that they're going to set concrete, uh, Oh, beams on basically there's new eye beams set in the ground that we're going to put concrete pillars kind of on and uh so we have to make sure that the eye beams the metal eye beams that are that are in the ground are cut at the right elevation that way the bridge is at the right elevation and there's no hump in the middle or no dip in the middle because you know that's not good for a train so so we get started and uh it's, let's say it's three o'clock by the time we finish setting control, shooting everything. We calculate exactly the elevation that we're going to need to stake the I-beams at or to set the I-beams at. And uh, so we, we started asking around like, hey, you know, how about how long do you think it's going to be? And they're like, well, we got a train coming, so we need to get off the tracks. So we get off the tracks. Here comes a train. Okay, cool. And then we're like, all right, what, what next? And they're like, oh, we got a couple more trains coming. So we sit and wait four o'clock. Five o'clock, six o'clock, like six thirty, six forty-five. The last train rolls by, and then everybody, and then it starts picking up. People, and there are so many people. There's welders, there's heavy equipment operators, there's just manual labor guys that are that are pulling ties and all that kind of stuff. So it's going crazy. People about after that train, that last train goes by. Everybody gets on the tracks. They're they're using chainsaws to cut the beam the the existing beams, which are wooden, using chainsaws to cut the beams down, uh, 
you got people on the rails cutting the rails with saws and all that crazy stuff. So we get out there to start doing stuff and they're like, oh, we won't need you for a while. So we get back in the truck because it's still hot. Get back in the truck and uh, again, it's late in the evening. It's like seven o'clock. Sun's starting to go down. Clouds are starting to form. We're like, oh no, it's going to rain. Our instrument can't get rained on. And uh, so we're stressing, you know, like, oh, how's this going to work? Our batteries are running low because we've been running our batteries all day long. We're like, what? Like, what's going to happen? So literally at nine o'clock, they're like, okay, we need you to come measure the elevation of these I-beams. So we go over there, we measure the elevation. The welders cut the I-beams off. We double check to make sure the measurement's good. It is. And then they set the concrete pillar on there and they're good to go. And that was it. And we left at about 9.30, 9.45 after, you know, it had been sprinkling on us, raining on us for a little while. Uh, thank God our equipment was okay. Our our battery on our data collector, our little controller was like 15%. Like it was almost dead. So we were finally able to tear down and get out of there. Redoso is a four-hour drive. I live an hour and a half from Redoso. I got home at three o'clock in the morning. It was literally the longest day of my life. So I didn't get paid for the drive back from Redoso to Artesia, uh, to Roswell. I'm sorry. So that hour and a half wasn't accounted for, but I worked, I was on the clock from seven to one thirty in the morning, which I believe is 18 and a half hours. Longest day, longest work day of my life. Thank God it wasn't like ridiculously hard. It was mostly just sit around. When my chief tells me what to do, I do it. Well, that's another thing. It's like super crucial that we get it right because they depend on us to tell us, to tell them where to cut the I-beams off at. So yeah, it was a little bit stressful. I mean, I wasn't in charge, so it wasn't that big of a deal. But the reason I'm going is so that one day I will be in charge of bridges, etc. So, yeah, that's been, uh, that was my Monday, Tuesday. What did I do Tuesday? I was in the office working on some intersections that I'd scanned with a new scanner. Wednesday, I was in the field with a client. And today's Thursday, and I was at the office finishing up those intersections. Uh, yeah, that's been it. I've been uh, commuting to and from work with a motorcycle. So in the fall, winter, November or December, I can't remember, probably December, let's say, of 2016, my brother-in-law asked me if I would, well, he was interested in buying a motorcycle. So I told him, you know, hey, if you got the money, I will buy a motorcycle in my name. And uh, because I got good credit and stuff like that. So go to the Harley dealership and buy a Harley for him. And uh, fast forward three years later, and we moved to Roswell. He doesn't need a Harley anymore, and I need somewhere somehow to get to and from work. So I just talked to him, and I was like, hey, brother, um, what would you think about letting me use your Harley to drive to and from work? I can take the payment off your hands. I'll just take over payments, and uh, we'll go from there. And he said, yeah, that sounds great. Uh, 
let's do it. So yeah, I've been driving my motorcycle to and from work every day. Uh, at the beginning I was, I'm not super comfortable on a motorcycle. Now I'm getting a little bit more comfortable. When I first started, I was definitely not super comfortable on a motorcycle. I was like, the drive seemed to take forever because I was so nervous about like what was going on around me. Like the second day that I drove it, some lady is a two lane high or a four lane highway, right? So there's two lanes southbound, two lanes northbound. So I'm in the southbound on the right hand side. And this is seriously like the second day that I took my the motorcycle to work. Some lady, I'm in the I'm in the left lane driving south, right in the fast lane. Some lady in front of me, without a blinker, turns into the left lane. So I was like, oh whatever, no blinker. Literally keeps going, does not stop, goes into the median, drives in the median for a good 500 feet. And then pulls back up into the left lane and then eventually back into the right lane. And I was like, oh my gosh, this is going to be what it's like driving a motorcycle to and from work every day. I'm going to be on my toes. There's going to be crazy people driving. I'm driving super early in the morning. It's dark. And uh, I don't know what to do. So I freaked out, slammed on the brakes and uh, drove like 55 miles an hour the rest of the way because I was so scared. Anyways, now I'm, I'm getting a little bit better. Um definitely feeling more comfortable. The drives go going by a little bit faster. I know where the halfway point is, so I can be like, all right, I'm, I'm through the, through the first stretch. It's only a 45 minute commute, but it's still more than 45 seconds, which is what my last commute was. So yeah, I don't know. It's okay. It's, it's really not bad. The drive honestly, isn't that bad. It's just waking up early and driving a motorcycle but yeah so one thing i didn't realize was like drafting behind a vehicle like you know how when you would play video games as a little kid like a racing video game you'd get behind somebody and it'd be like drafting and give you xp or whatever for drafting behind somebody or like it'd, it'd fill your boost i know you guys know what i'm talking about need for speed uh Anyways, it'd like fill your boost, you know, because you're drafting, you're, you're doing something cool you're, or good or beneficial, whatever, like drifting will give you points. And, and so drafting, driving directly behind somebody would give you points also. And it like would make you faster, you know, when you're drafting. And I always just thought that was like, and eh, this is a racing game and it's something to give them extra points because otherwise they're just driving around. I didn't realize it was actually a real thing. So what I've come to discover is that when you're driving behind a vehicle the wind goes around you and so there's no there's no wind resistance in front of you so like there's been times where I could literally like I could spit and it would just fall in front of me because I mean I haven't but like that's how little air there is in front of my face drafting behind somebody and uh it's crazy because I'll have my cruise control set, let's say, for example, and let's say somebody passes me on my left-hand side. So I have my cruise control at 70. They pass me, they get they get past me a little ways and then turn back into the right lane. Well, now because my cruise control set, my cruise control on a motorcycle is not set at a specific miles per hour. It's set at a throttle position. So that throttle position is set and your speed can change depending on what's in front of you and like if I open my legs to create more resistance, 
then it'll slow down. If I get real tight and low and lean forward, it'll speed up. Anyways, so if a, if a car passes me and then gets in front of me, now I'm going fast, faster. So then I have to like try to not pass them. So then I have to, you know, take the cruise control off, slow down a little bit because I don't want to go too fast, slow down a little bit, let them get far enough ahead of me that the drafting isn't playing a factor into my driving. And it's just crazy to think that like, like the physics of it is crazy. And it's really cool, honestly, to feel, to feel that. And what's another, another thing that I didn't realize driving a motorcycle was smells. Smells are, are crazy when you're outside. So like we have dairies, right? And when you're in the car, you can smell them. When you're on a motorcycle, it's like death. Like I've almost thrown up driving to work because of how bad the dairies smell in the morning. And it's crazy. Like you can smell it in your car because it's coming through the AC and it's in the ambient air. But when you're on a motorcycle, there's nothing blocking it, literally nothing. And so you just, you just got to take it in skunks, uh, people burning, burning stuff, burning trash. I've smelled that. And it's crazy how accentuated the smells are. And it's really cool, really interesting. But I don't know. That's kind of a, it's kind of an interesting, uh, experience. I think everybody should learn how to motor, how to drive a motorcycle. Just like everybody should learn how to fly a plane because it's so much fun. It's ridiculous. It's just you and the open air on a motorcycle. And then in a plane is you and literally the open air. And there's nothing else around you but air. And it's such an amazing feeling being in control of that. It's way different than flying in a commercial flight. I've had people like my grandpa, for example. My grandpa hates commercial flights. And, uh, like, I don't know why he said he hates it. And he was like, you know, if it's my time to go, it's my time to go. I'm not worried about it. He was like, but I, I don't want to be there when it's somebody else's time to go. And it's kind of a joke he does. And it's, it's pretty funny, but, uh, yeah, flying an airplane is pretty amazing. <sighs> Man, I kind of got on a soapbox. It's really weird doing this by myself. Like, there's nobody to interact with. I'm just talking and hoping that you guys find it interesting. And it's kind of a weird feeling. I don't really know if I'm doing good. If y'all could give me some feedback, that'd be really good. Because this is definitely a new experience. It's so weird. I feel like I've talked just pretty much about everything that I want to talk about. And we're only 20 minutes in. So, yeah, weird. Oh, you know what? Actually, I have something else to talk about. I have a coworker who, let's face it, is a bitch. And I know he doesn't listen to this podcast. And even if he does, I don't care because I've called him as a bitch to his face. So this morning he came in all pissed at me and it was kind of my fault, but I don't care. I'm going to set the setting. So a while back, like, I don't know, a couple months, we had a safety meeting at, at work. And this coworker of mine, I'm not going to say his name because people don't know, need to know. This coworker of mine says, I need a new water cooler. And my boss says, why do you need a new water cooler? And he says, oh, because I, I don't have one. And my boss was like, 
okay, sure, but like, is it broken? He was like, oh, I just don't have one. And my boss was like, mm, well, everybody should have had a water cooler, so that's your problem. Everybody has a water cooler. So my water cooler was broke at the bottom. The nozzle that, that you push to, is it one of those five-gallon jugs that you push? It's, it's got a nozzle at the bottom that you push to, to get the water to come out. Anyways, my water cooler was broken at the bottom. The seal was broke, and so water leaked out. So I had a hell of a time keeping it. Anyways, he bitched about the water cooler, and I was just like, gosh, can, can this guy go 10 minutes without complaining about something? Because you know, you can tell just by the way he's looking at you that he's complaining about something in his head, even if he's not verbally expressing it. So, oh, gosh. So a little while after the safety meeting, after he was bitching about not having a water cooler, I went up to the guy that's kind of in charge of equipment and stuff. And I was like, hey, I need a water cooler. Um, my seal is broke at the bottom and it, and it won't hold water. You know, it, it leaks everywhere. And by the time I get to the location, I don't I don't have any water. And he was like, all right, yeah, no problem. And I was like, he was like, why don't you come sooner? And I was like, well, I don't want to be a little bitch like, like blah, 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 like so-and-so. And little did I know he's in the room next to me listening. So he says, a little bitch like who? And I was like, a little bitch like so-and-so. And he <laughs> didn't say anything. And I didn't want to back down because I'd already said it. It's not like, oh, sorry, man. I didn't know you were listening. No, I'm not like that. If I say something, I'm going to say it to your face. So, yeah. <laughs> Which was funny because my coworkers that I was with at the time thought it was funny because it is the truth. He just complains about everything, every little thing. Like, oh, um, why do I have to be here at 7? Or how come I have to show up at 6.30? How come I can't do this? How come I ha can't have a new hammer? How like, just everything. Oh, we should use this color tape instead of this. No, dude, just do it what you're told. You don't own the company. Just do what you're told. You're an employee. Anyways, so this morning, he is not there when I get to the office, which I assume means he's already in the field, which he was. I was correct in assuming that. So he's not there. One of the guys that I was trying to get lined out needed a gator to go to the field with he was meeting a client so I wanted him to have a decent gator that I knew if he needed to put a client in with him he could also one that was reliable we have a gator at the office at the yard that isn't super reliable sometimes it it before it starts over so before it turns over so I didn't want him to take that one and the only other gator there was a two-seater which wouldn't fit him and the client and his helper and Oh, I said his name. I'm going to bleep it out. Anyways, so hold on. I'm going to write that down. So he, my guy that I got lined out left with so-and-so's gator. He leaves. Oh, before that, though, I made sure that so-and-so wasn't going to need it because I asked my boss. I said, hey. What is so-and-so doing? And he said, so-and-so is doing an ILR. 
And I said, okay, what's he doing after the ILR? And he said, probably another ILR, which is a survey in town. You don't need a gator for it. It's just shooting houses. Not literally, but with GPS coordinates. Um, so I was like, okay, I'm going to let Carlos take so-and-so's gator. And, and that's that because he needs something reliable that he can take to go meet the client. Not long after Carlos leaves, my boss gets a call from some company, a company that we work for and says, Hey, we need somebody to come out and do this. Well, so-and-so was the only person in town available to go do it. So my boss pulled him off of what he was doing and I'm just going to call him Max. His name is not Max nor anywhere close. So he pulls Max off of what he's doing and, uh, Somewhere in there, Max found out that I had told Carlos to take his gator. So Max comes in, and he's pissed because he thinks that he's entitled to more than he is. Anyways, Max comes in, and he says, Hey, Lakota, what the hell? Uh, where's my gator? And I was like, oh, I told Carlos to take it. And he said, how come? And I said, because he needed a good gator to take to go meet a client. He was like, okay, but well, now I need it. And I was like, okay, I'm sorry, but I didn't know that you were going to need it. And he was like, Max says, if you called me and asked me to take it, I could have told you that I was going to need it. And I was like, Max, that's bullshit because my boss just found out that you needed it. He just got the call and just called you. So that's bullshit because you didn't know you were going to need it because I had asked him what you were going to do for the rest of the day. And it was another ILR. And probably after that, another ILR. And he says, well, it, it, it wasn't that long after uh, uh, like uh, falling over his words because he knew that I was right. And I was like, dude, you didn't know. So don't come in here acting like you knew that you were going to need it because you didn't know. So then he gets all mad. He was like, well, if something happens to that gator, I'm going to have to pay for it. And I was like, Max, I will pay for the damn gator if something happens to it. But you need to not come in here and bitch to me about whose gator is being taken. Because first of all, you come in here saying, oh, it's my gator, mine, mine, mine. You work for somebody who owns that gator. Okay? It's assigned to you. It does not have your name on the title. So first of all, relax. Second of all, don't come in and bitch. Just come in and say, Hey, what's the deal? I'll explain it to you, and then you can move on with your day. Gosh. People that complain, honestly, I feel bad, because he doesn't have anything better to do. All he has to do to, to draw attention to himself is make up something to complain about. Just find something to complain about. And that's all he does. My gosh, it's like, I'll set up a job for him and I'll be like, okay, where's this at? And I'll say, it's on 360. And he'll say, oh, do you have a, do you have a, a control point for me? Yeah, I got a control point. It's so and such and such control point. Oh, well, why don't you give me this one? And I'm like, bro, I set the job up. I got other shit to do. I'm not going to give you, I'm not going to take time out of my day to give you another control point. Here, take this. It's going to work. Go. And do your job, just like I did mine. Gosh, the guy rubs me the wrong way every time I see him. 
And it doesn't help that he's just like lazy and annoying and he thinks he's funny and he's not. Like I'm pretty sure I've never laughed at anything he's ever said, which is pretty ridiculous because I have a pretty easy sense of humor. I mean, you can say poop and it's funny, you know what I mean? And nothing this guy says is funny. It just pisses me off just hearing his voice. And, uh, yeah, I don't know. Moral of the story is uh, Max is a bitch. Man, I wish I had more stuff to talk about. I'm really not that interesting. I got an elk hunt coming up. I've been shooting my bow every day. Well, as often as I can. And uh, it's going good. I got a new bowstring put on it. Shout out to Ransom, who will eventually be a guest on the podcast. He's got some interesting stuff to talk about. He thinks mermaids are real. Well, yeah, I guess. It's the way I interpreted it. Either way, oh man, my wife made popcorn. I can smell it. Oh yeah, that's good. But uh, yeah, this has been an interesting experience. I really don't think it's that hard as long as you have something to talk about. As long as you got something written down to talk about, I think it's really not that big of a deal. Uh, a couple of things. Hopefully, on the elk hunt, I can get an episode recorded with my dad. That'll be a cool like in the mountains podcast um potentially while i'm gone jalen could record a podcast of his own by himself and we can get one of those out to you still super stoked about the podcast intro and outro that we got from sound by jose so make sure you go give him a shout out please share the podcast with your friends even if it's just like you know hey bro check this out send the link or share it on your instagram or whatever. It's greatly, greatly, greatly appreciated. Um, if you guys, something I, I'm super not comfortable asking you guys for money. So this is just going to be a one time. I'm going to tell you it's there and you do what you wish. But on the link in our, on our bio anchor.fm slash somewhere, um, there is a place that says sponsor this segment or something like that and you can get in there and uh you can do a monthly it's like a subscription for us you can do like a monthly uh monthly subscription so it starts out at 99 cents uh goes to five dollars a month and then i believe 10 or 12 dollars a month after that uh no pressure it's just there just for people that are interested um but super big thanks to the people that still are listening. Uh, in nine episodes, we had more than a thousand listens. So it's very cool to know that you guys are listening. And it's very appreciated to know that we're not just doing this for nobody. I mean, you guys are here listening and, and, and you keep coming back to listen. So obviously you're enjoying it. Um, but yeah, give, give, Spread the news. Spread the news. And if you're interested in being a guest, let us know. DM us. Me and Jalen both answer DMs. We got our, our Somewhere in America Instagram page. And uh, let us know. Give us a shout out. So, yeah, I really appreciate you guys listening. Be sure to like, share, subscribe. 
review, rate, all that fun stuff. And uh, we'll let you know when we got another episode coming out. Appreciate you guys listening. Later.